0: Happy Thursday, everybody. We are live here with Erica Kelly, and I just, I, I don't even know where to start, honestly, because her, her story is so powerful, and there's so many things that she has done in her life that this is a story that you're going to want to listen to, and we were just talking about titles and roles in our life, and you guys, this is, this is, um, so this is going to be something that just hits you really hard. So thank you, Erica, for reaching out. Thank you, Dr. Rob, for introducing us, because without this, we wouldn't be here. And we're wearing similar colors. So, you know, know. it was meant to be. But uh, <laughs> so, ma'am, please tell me. I don't even know where to start. So first you served in the air force for many years and then Mm -hmm. you were a special agent, but most importantly, you're a mom and a sister. So can you just, let's just start from the beginning.
1: From the beginning of today. So
0: let's start from the beginning of before, uh, before. So let's start from, you are from Guatemala. Yes. Yes, which I love because I told you, we were talking, my parents are from Peru, and it's very, it's very, I get very excited when I meet people from different cultures, especially when we're close like that on the map. And so can you talk to us about your family? How did you, how did you come to the States? Sure, sure. Uh, So let me start with an age. Uh, I was 12,
1: Annette, when I got to the United States, and a key factor of being an immigrant into the United States, at least for me anyway, was the language barrier and the cultural barrier. And, and I say that, Annette, because my two brothers and I were so primitive, so primitive that we did not even know what a light switch was. Mm-hmm. And so outside of everything being new, literally everything was new the buildings, the structures, the roads. Uh, We lived in a tiny little shack in Central America. Um, Sometimes I share with people that I ate, with my brothers, we ate ants and dirt to survive. The, The first time, and it sounds weird, but it's true. The first time I had an apple, the first time I had a grape was here in the United States, because. Even though maybe, I don't remember, maybe the, those fruits were in Guatemala. We were so poor that we were not exposed to that. So the journey is a mental journey as well as a physical journey. And I, I say that because at the age of five, my two brothers and I were abandoned by our mother we were locked into that shock that I just, that little shack that we, that I just talked about. We were locked in. And uh, did she do it to kill us? To this day, I don't know. But to this day, I want to think that she didn't. Mm-hmm. We were in, in, in that room, in that darkness for seven days before my grandmother rescued us. And the reason that I came to the United States at the age of 12 is because there was a huge earthquake that destroyed again everything that we had with our grandmother. The earthquake was big enough that the news made it to the United States. My mother who lived in the United States was remarried, had a little girl, maybe my sister was a year old when I met her, went back to Guatemala saw the conditions that we were in. And in an instant, Annette made, she just made the decision, "Uh, you're coming with me. And because she had her husband in the United States, she never, Annette, I share this because it's shocking. um, She never told her husband, one, that she had three kids in Central America. And she never told her husband that she was going to bring them with her. So in order to avoid, um, a lot of, I guess, uncomfortable conversations, she chose to walk, um, the, the, the trail of Guatemala to the United States through Mexico with the three of us. And we literally walked that 1500 mile trail.
0: Oh my gosh.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was my that was my journey to this amazing country that I call home now.
0: That is very inspiring because you guys had the strength to do that. She just she made it happen. And how did that affect you as you were growing up?
1: And Annette, thank you for asking that because I did not want to come. Mm. Uh, my mother abandoned us; yeah. she disappeared from my memory. Yeah. I was the oldest, so I was five. My brothers were four and three when she left, and she literally disappeared from my memory. My grandmother became my mom. Yeah. So when she shows up saying, "I'm your mom and I'm taking you," was, who are you? And uh, Annette, I think I can I can be raw mm-hmm. here with you. I'm just having a conversation with you yes. and your audience, of course. <laughs> but um, the the reality um, the reality of life, right the, th- the 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 truth that sometimes we hide is that I was angry. I was so angry as a 12 year old that this crazy woman that appears in my life is my mother you are my mother and you're taking me away from my home mind you we had nothing but who was she to take me away from that so my years from I would say the age of 12 when she brought us here to the age of 16 were very very, very hard she they know how to mother us I was an angry child, bitter, and disappointed that she was my mom.
0: Yeah.
1: My stepdad, I don't want to say hated us, but he that poor man was put in a horrible situation to take care of us. And every day that we were with him, he told us we were not welcomed. That home was not, that home was his home, not ours. So I saw myself... Um, at 16, uh, homeless in the streets of Las Vegas. So the process of growth. It's it's interesting that we sometimes start a conversation with, you know, you know, Command Chief Erica Kelly or Special Agent Erica Kelly or Coach Erica Kelly, and everything superficially looks like, yay for right. Erica, right? right? But um, but I'm here. to to share with you in in the audience that there's a huge process and a huge life and a, my gosh, huge journey that we have to share in order for people to truly understand uh, the magnitude of what we can accomplish in our lives.
0: Now, you're absolutely right. Because like we said, behind those titles and behind those, achievements, there was, there is a story Mm -hmm. that nobody, nobody sees. And so it's taken, it's taken you your whole life to get to where you are mentally. So how did you do that for after, after, or while you're going through this, um, process of trying to figure out who your mom is and why she did this and why you're here, how did you get through the rest of your days be, you know, trying to stay positive and motivated to continue to, to grow.
1: Yeah. And if I'm allowed to use the word angel Mm -hmm. in this room, um, that's how I did it. There were specific angels placed Mm -hmm. in my life that were there to give me a hand one of them is the person that saw me as a teenager uh, lost completely lost uh, that said come and live with me she and her husband and three kids they moved the kids around they gave me a room i paid rent but they gave me that shelter and then i don't know if i can i can say it enough that's what we need, right? We need a right. safe corner where mm-hmm. this is this is where nothing's going to happen to us. Yeah. So my friend, that amazing friend, gave me that shelter. She allowed me to continue working. I, I, I started working when I was 13 mm-hmm. in this country. And she also gave me the um, capability of finishing high school. So I was working during the day and going to night high school. Because I knew, right, I knew that education was going to get me out of the, the, the hole that I was in. I knew that I needed to assimilate to the to the country by learning the language, by getting the education that this country was expecting for me to get. Mm-hmm. And she gave me, she was that, that initial angel that gave me a hand for me to be uh, stable for at least um, a few minutes, a few moments, a couple of years in order for me to move forward.
0: I love that you talk about angels because my mom came to the States from Peru at mm-hmm. age nine. And uh, so her mom and her family stayed in Lima and she came and lived with her aunt, but she had angels that helped her along the way. Mm-hmm. And without them, uh, you know, I don't, I don't I don't know because she was like you. She worked at the, at a young age and she she learned that she had to work hard to get by, but to learn all those things so young and um even uh, you know after my parents' divorce, she went to she tried to finish or she finished her bachelor's degree while raising us too, but she had to work and then go to school at night. And so all these things just bring back memories on how, how hard um, both of you worked to, to continue to survive in, in the United States because that's I mean, you wanted to stay, right? After a while, you wanted to stay in the States.
1: Of course, this right. is, yeah. Of course, this became my home. Mm-hmm. Um, there was definitely a transition of me learning, of me surviving. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we first moved, or the first city that we moved to in the United States, I don't know if you or or the audience is familiar with the Lingwood, Compton area mm-hmm. in Southern California. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and that was, oh my gosh, I'm I'm going to date myself. But when I came to the country, Annette, it was 1936. So Compton and Lingwood were not the safest place to bring uh, a 12, 11, and 10-year-old that don't speak the language and cannot navigate through, let's say, a hood.
0: You're right. mm-hmm Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yes, he was. So, <laughs> so you you found your angel, she helped you. she gave yeah. you that safe space and you continued to work and go to school. And then what was your next what was your next thing in life that you did?
1: Well, um I, I made a huge mistake. But uh, it's a mistake that I spend a lot of time talking to people about. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we don't know why things happen to us. And then we're like, oh, hmm, that's why. That's why it happened to me. Uh, While, again, 16, uh, staying with a friend, I I met someone that I thought was going to be my savior, my protector, my knight. And because of the background that I just shared with, with you, I didn't have a good model of what good was.
0: Hmm.
1: I didn't. I didn't have a model of what healthy was, right? I didn't have a model of boundaries, of margins. So this individual was, I was 16, he was 32. And uh, people told me not good, Erica. And I'm like, what's not good about? He's going to take care of me. I'm going to remember always looking for safety always Mm. looking for that security so i ended up um marrying uh this individual and being in a very violent very violent relationship Mm. uh, in which i sometimes uh, i i talk about domestic violence and what that does to your mind Mm -hmm. but for me um, i I will be frank i did not think that there was anything wrong with him beating me Mm. I didn't, I thought it was normal. I thought mm-hmm. that's what I deserved. I He told me I deserved it. He told me I made him do it. And when he told me that I was ugly and I was fat and that I uh, shouldn't eat so much and he was going to tell me when I could eat, um, I believed him and I asked permission to eat every single day that I was married to him.
0: And how and long so- did, oh, sorry, go ahead. Uh, uh,
1: it was, I was married to him. I think I was, so this is a long relationship. I think I was uh, married to him from the age of 20 to the age of 26, long time. And remember, I met him when I was 16. So the conditioning and the programming that he was able to do in my already damaged brain uh, was pretty significant, pretty significant. I, you know, when I, people go, you were asked to eat well, when he left, you could eat, and but no, the, the, the control was so strong that he didn't have to be in the house. If in the morning he was mad and he's like, today you're not eating, blank, blank, mm-hmm. right? Um, I wouldn't because that's what he said that I shouldn't do. Um, if we went to, oh my gosh, um, now, now you're bringing memories to my brain. <laughs> and then, oh my gosh. But okay, so picture this, picture this, people. We would go to a Burger King or McDonald, and he would order a, um, a child's meal. So, he's got that right? Little fries, little hamburger, maybe. He would cut the hamburger in half. That tiny little hamburger, cut it in half, one French fry, and pass it over to me. While he ate the other half of that little meal. And then whatever else he wanted to eat. Oh my
0: gosh. And I thought it was normal. You didn't know.
1: I didn't, know. I didn't
0: know. <laughs> You didn't know.
1: <laughs> but now I do. And now I, can, I talk to um, children that have been abused. I talk to women that have been abused. Because of my law enforcement career. I was able to do some cases with uh, human trafficking, human smuggling, uh, and, um, talk to damaged people. And somehow somewhere Annette, they knew that I knew. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah. Yeah. That
1: connection. Yeah. Those, those babies, those little kids, they, they knew. And those women broken in a thousand pieces, they also knew that I had been broken in a thousand pieces. Mm-hmm. So sometimes we go through horrible things, and um, and the only thing we see is the dark room. The only thing we see is this this present that is really painful, really achy. What we don't see is that, and I tell this to people all the time: our present condition does not reflect our future.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Our present condition is just that, our right now, right? But the hope, right? The hope that there's something else out there is real. It's real. We just need to be strong enough, courageous enough to ask for help if we need to ask for help. If someone says, Annette, I can help you, then take a chance, take a risk, and Mm -hmm. grab. Annette's hand and let her, you know, let me walk you 10, 15 steps and then it's going to be someone else and someone else until you see the other side of that dark room. I never, I promise you, Annette, I thought that I was going to uh, die by the hands of my husband. I truly um believed that and i was comfortable with that
0: how did you end up leaving cuz you said you were married for 6 years so how did and,
1: and i went into
0: the military at 22 so see it's it's people
1: think that people think that oh things just happen in a linear everything starts working out hmm. no good things <laughs> like little sparks of goodness come up in someone's road but we're still in the mess. We're still in the mess. So here I am in a horrific, horrific relationship. And I watch a commercial on TV about the reserves, about the Air Force, about being somebody you never thought you could be. And something inside me, I always had it. I just, I just quiet, quiet, quiet. But something in me just exploded like, yes right so i remember him reading a newspaper and me saying sir nothing sir what can i remember i had to ask permission to even get dressed oh my god can i join the air force And it's going to be, you know, it's going to be once a month. It's going to be two weeks a year. It's going to train me and ta-ta-ta-ta. And then he's like, are you stupid? You're not good enough. Have you not looked at yourself? You're not smart. I'm telling you, I'm I'm saving you. I'm saving you. Mm -hmm. They're going to say no. So just get that out of your, but can I? And I, for the first time, in, in this weird relationship, I tried one more. But can, well, if they're going to say no, can I try anyway? Right? And then he says, well, do the F you want. Permission. That was my permission. And I went to a recruiter. I took the test. And for the first time in my life, really, uh, there was a body, an organization, a person in front of me saying, we want you. Wow. (laughs) You qualify. I do. I am smart enough to be (laughs) in the air force. Yes, you are. Oh my gosh. And you're saying that my accent is not Erica. The air force wants you to be an airman. And that was my first spark but can i go back a little bit on it yes am i taking too much time? no 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 go (laughs) Uh, before i had the courage to um to ask my ex-husband if i could go into the air force something very significant happened because one time one day um he was beating me i couldn't tell you why i just remember that my clothes was all torn and i somehow managed to get out of the house and i'm holding on to little pieces of shirt i still have left and i'm running and um and i'm running fast because i know he's behind me and i see i'm running through an alley and i see windows and i see people looking down at me And then the next thing I know is lights in front of me. And this police officer gets out of his patrol car, takes his jacket off, puts it on me, and then holds on to the front of the jacket and pulls me in. And says, Erica, if you don't do something to save your own life, we're going to find your dead body in the desert.
0: Mm.
1: And then let go of me. And that was the first time, another angel, another angel, that first time that I said, oh, what he's doing is wrong. Oh, this is not normal. Oh, I have a choice to get out. Another spark. So that stayed in me. So when I'm watching that commercial and I go, oh, my gosh, this is it. Like, like this can be my way out this can be the way of me um creating distance but um i went to basic training i went to tech school i came home to the same environment annette and you know i'm telling the audience there's always hope there's always a way out for me it took a long time i was i well, if I, if I went into the military at 22 and I basic training in technical school, maybe another year, I'm, I was 23. It took me three more years to leave that person that told me that if I left would kill me. It took me three more years to leave that environment in which sometimes everyone, I had to sleep Oh my gosh, so it sounds crazy. I had to sleep with a knife. Oh my god. Underneath my pillow because everyone, I'm not perfect, but I cannot tell you how many times I thought of killing him. Mm. I did. I didn't. Yeah but i the, the those thoughts crossed my mind all the time until i was able to find enough courage i was able to find another angel i was able to walk my own path of uh, not surviving not existing but of living
0: mm-hmm. And so you joined the Air Force and you Mm -hmm. escaped this situation, thank God. And you served how many years?
1: I served uh, 32 and a half years.
0: That's incredible. Uh,
1: Yeah, 32 and a half years in and out of active duty. But I kept, I think I kept my word Um, when the Air Force said, We want you. And the Air Force was uh, this amazing, um, amazing opportunity that said we believe in you and i for the first time felt valued as a person uh, that i had worth in a room i you know that that first night of basic training i i gave a promise um i'm looking at everybody and i'm looking at my situation i'm looking at the in, in you know the military training instructors scream all over the place and I'm like I got you dude right <laughs> you're not touching me right <laughs> i'm like scream all you want you know uh, you know i know i know i know what i know what evil is and you're not and i i gave a promise i i you know i'm looking up i'm looking at that bed and i'm like thank you god uh thank you that i'm not going to be beaten and raped Um, tonight. Thank you that, uh, that you have given me an opportunity to truly showcase who I can be in the future, because then I wasn't, but it was a potential. And I told the Air Force, right, you will never, my beloved Air Force, you will never be ashamed or disappointed that you selected me
0: as one of your own. Oh my gosh. So do you, so once they so they said those words to you, we want you, you are enough. That just sparked this whole other journey for you, right? I mean, you were like on fire.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> I loved it. Oh my gosh. I mean, I loved it. Uh, they're, they're, I mean, mind you, uh, the military, and you know this, right? The military, it's good, bad, and ugly right right there's there, there's moments in which you're like wh- why am I doing this again <laughs> but but um, it's the beauty of combining everything together the beauty of looking back and smiling about it that that, that makes that amazing chapter
0: be worth telling. what else helped you besides? feeling wanted in the air force what else helped you get through life because you went through a lot of trauma and and i I mean to to continue to stay focused and motivated and get up each day and i'm sure that was not easy still (laughs) Um,
1: I, i kept telling myself it's temporary okay it's just today oh today too okay (laughs) okay I just I just knew that it was temporary and uh, a couple of days ago maybe three days ago it's interesting because you know we have these chats and and we we don't we don't realize how significant uh us telling ourselves it's temporary uh is uh so I don't remember so um if I say this wrong please forgive me uh but there was a um a prisoner of war and he survived captivity and he was being interviewed and they asked him, you know, what made you survive um, versus all the all, all your peers that that uh, passed away. And um, and he he said, well, those individuals uh, were too positive. And the reporter goes, what do you mean? Being positive is a good thing. He goes, just let me let me explain. When we were captured, I very quickly knew the reality of where we were in. They thought in order for them to protect themselves, in order for them to protect their psychic, they said, this is nothing. This is nothing we'll be out of here by Christmas. And they kept this amazing attitude of, oh, any day, Christmas, by Christmas, we'll be home. Christmas came and went. And when Christmas came and went, they lost hope. And even before, right before we went on air, we were talking about hope. Those individuals lost hope. And because of that, and other reasons, of course, they lost their lives for the, for this warrior that's being interviewed. He said, what kept me going was that I knew the reality of my situation. And I knew that it was temporary. I didn't know what day it was going to be better, but I knew that there was a day when I wasn't going to be there anymore. And I, and I'm listening to this, you know, a few days ago, and I'm thinking, oh my gosh, that's 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 my philosophy, right? Um, life is gonna keep kicking us in the ribcage, sometimes in the face. And can we can we be persistent enough? Can we be resilient enough to absorb the hit? To know that that's reality. But because it's reality today, doesn't mean that it's going to be reality tomorrow. Am I
0: making sense? Yeah, that's so powerful. (laughs) Yeah. There are so many of us in so many different situations who just feel like it's just never gonna end. Mm -hmm. And so we don't know how to program our mindset to tell ourselves this is just temporary. Yeah. And so it, it's very powerful, you know, especially coming from a, a prisoner of war or someone like you've got through this trauma. It, it's so, it, it's just like, oh my gosh, I need to relook at myself and, and not feel, um, you know, not have a pity party is what we say in my house. Don't have a pity party. It's going to be okay. And it's hard to think like that, right? Because in that moment, it's never going to end. This sucks. It's just all these things. So it's it's really inspiring to hear hear those words. It's just temporary. It, but also to face reality, too. That's right. That's, that's, right. The, that's the hard part.
1: Yeah. I mean, uh, with my coaching clients, it's all about mindset. All about mindset. With um, some of the classes that I teach, some of the masterminds that I walk people through, it's all about self-growth in self-development and self-understanding because it's really hard. And going back to that scenario, it's really hard for someone. And I think that all of us know a person in our lives that is always positive, always positive, always positive. Mm. But it's really hard to be smiling and be happy. Like, how do you define happiness? Well, that's another conversation when uh, you're going through a divorce when you're going through, you know, domestic violence, when you lost a child, when you have a, a sick child, a sick parent, all those things in life that just, they're raw. And they they, they touch every single cell of your body. And all of your energy is just to stay connected to you because you're gonna explode if you don't. And then you have someone here going, it's gonna get better, it's all good. You know, just, you know, just smile, come out, eat. And you're like, leave me alone. Leave me alone. Leave me alone because there's a process. So uh, do I, do I think that positive mindset helps? Of course. But we don't need that jumpy puppy with high energy telling us how we should feel when we're in pain, when we're just trying to regroup or trying to just analyze
0: what just hit us. Now, absolutely. You're right. I I laugh because I've had people like that. Come on, you'll be okay. And you're just like, let me just have my moment. Let me just reflect in this today. (laughs) And I'll be back tomorrow. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> so I I love that you've taken your experience and now you're you coach, you're, mm-hmm. you're a you're coach. And so you help people get through this. And so that's just it, it's amazing. I've I heard this um, this phrase a few years ago that said your mess is your message. And I, I love seeing stuff like this because it is you took your mess and you're making it into this message of hope and trying to live again.
1: Mm-hmm. And so I
0: think it's so amazing. So you did the Air Force for 32 years, and then you went into, um, you were a special agent. Mm -hmm. How did you even go into that route? Well,
1: um, the Air Force, remember, I navigated um, active duty assignments with being in the reserve. Mm -hmm. And so the the shifting of time when I was uh, in the... In, in a reserve, in a traditional role of being a reservist, I was able to get this amazing career in law enforcement. And at the beginning, I, I did it because it attracted me. Did not know why it was attracting me. Uh, now, talking to you, you know, now years removed. Annette, I think I did it to be safe. I think I did it because I didn't wanna be hurt by anyone again. It's one of those things that, and I think all of us have them, um, this will never happen again. I will never be in this situation again. And we all have those moments. And I think the more I self analyze, right? That I went into law enforcement to truly be a protector of my own self. To, to be able to physically, physically defend myself. Uh, and it's gonna sound weird, but having a weapon and knowing how to use it uh, gave me this this security of no one will ever hurt me again, or anyone I love.
0: That's so interesting. That is, but I can see that. I can see it. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. So how long did you do that for? Twenty-seven years. Oh my gosh. You like a long time. Long time. You long time. So I'm young you. to be doing all of this.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, so um, I so I retired from the Air Force in uh, 2019. Okay. And it was pretty amazing. And I retired from Homeland Security. I worked for Customs and Border Protection. And before mm-hmm. Customs, I um, i don't know if you remember, but there was another agency years ago called INS, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Agency. And um, that's why, and that's how my background is in human trafficking and human smuggling, which you would think, oh, you know, why would you do that? But I got a chance to put really bad people in prison and save a lot of people at the same time it was uh it was amazing and and why 27 years because it's just like the air force i loved it
0: yeah 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 I love that. My daughter just graduated with a criminal justice degree and she wants to go FBI, but she wants to specialize in, in child trafficking. So I definitely have to connect uh, her. I need to have her talk to you. I yes. know. <laughs> yes. and,
1: uh, and I work with the FBI. Uh, once you're a special agent uh, in 1811, it's what it's called. Uh, all those agencies just coexist, collaborate together, work task forces together. So I got a chance to work with amazing,
0: amazing people in
1: the FBI, ATF, DEA. And yeah, it was it was great. I loved it.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. I'll mm-hmm. have to have her connect with you. Um what oh my gosh. I just like I I I'm so proud to know you right now Aww. because it's um it's so hard to get out of that that dark place when you've lived it for so long, but then you continued and you found your strength. And it's not many people can do that. And so I think it's really amazing. And you're such a um, a role model for so many women. And I, and I think it's great. This is why I think so many people love you on LinkedIn. Everybody was like, oh my gosh, it's just so exciting. And I love her. And I was like, oh, let me find out more about this lady. <laughs> She, she really is an absolute role model. So I appreciate you reaching out. I appreciate you being on here. And um, how, how can people get in contact with you? Because you have so much to give.
1: Oh, well, just let me say, I, I appreciate your words. I, I really, <laughs> really do. Um, and I'm living my purpose Yeah. for so many years. I was lost and um, it took a little while to get on the road i got off the road a little bit once Mm -hmm. in a while right not perfect but right now um i am i am living my purpose which is to to give more than i receive to give more than i receive how people can get a hold of me uh linkedin definitely is Mm -hmm. it's my happy place (laughs) um but um but people can find me on um Erica Kelly Enterprises.com. that's my website and uh, I'm here I'm here for you I'm here for the audience and I'm just excited that like you said uh, all that sometimes it looks like a big mess but if you if if you just throw it up and all those pieces just fall into place then it becomes a really beautiful picture
0: Yes, absolutely. What is one thing you'd love you would like to tell those that are watching? We've got people on YouTube and Facebook that are watching and listening. What What is something that you would like to leave with them? Forgiveness.
1: Mm. There's going to be there has been I'm sure, plenty of people that have hurt you. Forgive them. And it's not easy. And it's also a process. But forgiveness will give all of us a freedom that we need in order for us to gain the self-awareness to be bigger than the situation that we're in. Bigger than the situation that we're in. Um, Can I share a quick two-minute story? Yes. My mother, the woman, that left me, the woman that brought me by force, the woman that kicked me out um, at 16. Anger fed me. Um, people asked if she was sick, what would you do? And I go, Psh. I could see my mother, uh, you know, in the gutter and I would leave her there. I would just walk mm-hmm. by her. Different Erica. Yeah. Uh, my mother, uh, I learned from a different perspective. I learned my mother's story. I shared mine, but from my mother's story, she was 15 when she got married. She was 18 when she had the three of us. Hmm. She was 20 when she left and she was already separated from my 21 year old father. And she saw herself in a third world country, female, three kids and she made the decision to walk with a girlfriend to the United States so she could find a future. I don't think, I never had a chance to ask her, but I don't think that she uh, left us to die. I think she left us to create distance, never thinking that it would take seven days for someone to rescue us. And a few years ago, she had a massive stroke And she is paralyzed, total care patient. Mm. And she's home with me between my, um, one of those brothers in in that room. Uh, He's a special needs um, person with autism, high functioning. Uh, Between my brother, my two sons and I, we take care of my mother, their grandmother and she's loved, and she's protected, and she understands everything that's going around her, and we remind her that she will never ever be alone and abandoned.
0: Oh my gosh. That's beautiful. I I know it's taken you a long time to get to that, but mm-hmm. you're right, forgiveness gives you peace. Because it'll hold on to you and grab you if you don't if you don't learn to let go and and to hear your mom's side of the story is because you just didn't know you didn't know
1: yeah and who am I to judge her right I mean literally who who am I to put myself in in my situation and look at a fifteen year old that's getting married look at an eighteen year old with three kids look at a twenty year old um, desperate woman trying to make a a horrible or a a decision that's going to change her life forever
0: yeah Yeah.
1: and then and then judge her judge her and now see this this woman that's fragile sick maybe with a little bit of regret in her heart Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: who am i to punish her i'm not i'm her daughter that's why at the beginning the beginning, I said, uh, being a chief, awesome. Being an agent, awesome. Being a coach, awesome. But I love the title of mom. I love the title of daughter. I love the title of sister.
0: You're right, because besides everything else, that's the one that will stay forever. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for being on here and for sharing your story and for just being you because that's well we obviously need you in our lives so for those of you that are watching and listening I will link her uh information in the in the in the uh, profile and uh go find her connect with her so thank you so much for your time and for being here.
1: Thank you Annette so so much. It was a pleasure. It was great being with you. Thank you. yeah